Welcome to the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast. My name is Steve Wopolinik. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and one of the founders of the Promethean Project. Our guests are people who have broke the chains of their limitations and found the strength of their potential. We offer their stories as inspiration and as guidance to help others navigate their quest to find their flame. Episode 31. As always, I am Steve Opolinik, your host of Break the Chains, Find Your Flame. Today we have a really special episode. Our guest is Leroy Watkins III, and I'm recording this intro on Father's Day, which is very apropos because, as you'll see in our interview with Leroy, he is an all-around great guy, but more importantly, he's a fantastic uh, father. And we get into what makes him that way and, and how he's incorporated being a father with the work that he does. And rather than, you know, his job being his identifier, he often uh, uses the identifier as being a father and a husband and works that into his job. As you'll see, we creatively works that into his job as, as the interview goes on. Leroy is uh, the CEO and co-owner of Viking Sports. He has an entrepreneurial spirit. He started his own company um, not far out of college called My Bike, and then found himself in a position to take over Viking Sports and make a change in the direction that Viking Sports was going into to what it is now. And we'll talk a little bit about that in, in the interview as well. You know, he's very open, honest, and candid about his failures and how they've really helped him learn and move forward and, and really has this attitude about not letting your failures stop you, but letting them propel you forward towards the goals that you have. So without further ado, here's Leroy. In a world where humanity's potential is imprisoned and locked away, our only hope is to break the chains and find our flame. You're a wrestler? Yeah. Oh, man, that means you're tough. Do you have the cauliflower ear under the headphones? I I wish. I I I was a really cautious kid so i made sure i always had headgear on i used to be a skateboarder too but i was also a terrible skateboarder because i was too (laughs) too cautious (laughs) i was like oh i can do pop shove and and ollies and things of that nature but nothing too crazy i went on a vert ramp like one time and i was like no i'm I'm like a street guy yeah cool well thanks for joining us man it's awesome to have you on the podcast i'm excited to be here yeah, man. I love it. I love the background too. Of Is that an actual room or is that a, a picture? This is the basement of my house. No, this is my office. It's a picture of my office. Yeah. Well, I love your office. I don't know if you can fit into that tube, um, but I like, I like the will to try. I like, I like that determination. <laughs> that you know. This is going to be lost on the people actually listening to the podcast on like Apple Podcast. But anyone who sees the clip on Instagram or things of, of that nature, they'll, they'll be good to go. Um, all right. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Leroy? 
Oh man, see, that's a loaded question. There isn't a little bit about me. It's all big stuff. No, so um, I'm one of four. I'm from New Jersey. Nice. I went to we're, a private school. In New Jersey. Northern New Jersey, Montclair. Do you know this place? Uh, I know a little bit about it. I used to live in Elizabeth. Oh uh, yeah. For, for a little while. I worked there for about a year um, at Crate and Barrel at Bridgewater uh, area, the outdoor mall. Yeah. I know a little bit about the area. Elizabeth, that's Jersey Gardens Mall, right? Uh, I don't know. I didn't, I just worked. <laughs> it's right off 22. Yeah. Um, and like right next to like Cranford and those places. Oh yeah. All right. Ignore what I just said. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't, so, ring, didn't ring a bell, but. And so, um, so yeah, so I went to private school my whole life and my family is a bunch of, my extended family, they're a bunch of geniuses. So they went to Harvard, Yale, all that stuff. And I went to like this hoity-toity private school. And when I wanted to go to college, I knew that I didn't want to do a, a small school like the school I went to. Mm -hmm. So I went to Northeastern, soccer scholarship. Nice. I was like in a huge, a small fish in a huge pond, which is what I always wanted. Yeah. And, um, and I just really embraced just that whole atmosphere. And when I was at Northeastern, a lot of people do this thing called research before they go to a college. <laughs> and Northeastern apparently had this thing called the co-op program, okay. which I didn't know anything about. So after my freshman year, they're like, Leroy, you need to do a co-op job. I'm like, am I going to work on a farm? Like, what, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> so I had to get a co-op job within my major of finance and insurance. And the great thing is I hated all of my accounting-based um, co-op jobs. And I knew that when I was doing that, I had zero desire to work in a cubicle, wear a shirt and tie, and do that whole thing. Uh, and, it let, and the co-op program lets people know, like, guides them in their career. But for me, it taught me what I didn't want to do when right. I grew up. Uh, and when I graduated, I went into the world of uh, sales, supposed to be insurance sales, but I got, I uh, went on an interview for a direct marketing company, also mm -hmm. known as Door to Door Sales, uh, drank the Kool-Aid, and I started doing that. Parents were That's so awesome. mad. They're like, son, <laughs> you went to like this nice private school. You went to Northeast University. And you're taking a job where you don't even need a degree. And, and I was like, well, so what do I want to do? I just want to do it. So I did that, did the whole grind, got to the top of that, uh, that management training program with the pyramid, as my parents call it. Yeah. Like uh, and when I, <laughs> when I got to the top, I was like, you know what? I want the challenge wasn't there anymore. Like I already did it. I won. So I, uh, there's a little bit of a story behind it, but I started my first company uh, shortly thereafter. Is and that when my I was doing bike? That, yeah, my bike. Nice. And the cool thing about my bike was, I already had all this great experience doing door to door sales, which I can get into later. And, uh, and starting it was a lot, it was easy. It was, it was easier than doing the door to door sales stuff. So I started doing it, grinding, hustling. And my parents, again, were like, why are you making really hard life decisions? <laughs> you can go like a regular job and get a regular paycheck. You're asking us for money all the time. Uh, and I, I stuck with it. I stuck with it. And I met Jen, my wife, by doing that, by doing that job, because again, I was really poor, so I needed like another job to pay for my passion, which is my bike. Right. And, and then my bike started growing, and, and I was working at Biking Sports, um, where I met my wife. And then the guy who owned Biking Sports was like doing it, he wasn't doing the best job managing it. It was like his retirement gotcha. fund. And Jen's like, we're pregnant, we're expecting our first child. And I said, well, I need to buy Viking. So I basically asked the guy if I could buy Viking for a more quick, and he agreed. And then I had Viking and then I had two companies, uh, which was just crazy. I was like a miniature. I don't know how the, the, the Twitter CEO does. I think he owns like, like CEO Square and, um, and Twitter. 
Yeah. I have no idea how he does two big time companies. I had two small potato companies right. and I was like, like my fro, it's all, it's all gray now because the stress of managing two businesses, but I did it. Oh yeah. That's crazy. Huh? <laughs> and then over time, I just started focusing on Viking and started growing that. And here we are today. Nice. So did you end up like closing my bike or, or selling it? Well, I didn't sell it. Um, I just ended up closing it. Which was really, it was a really sad story. It was a, such a bummer the way it all went down. Do you want me to talk about that? I, I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe we'll hit the high notes and then we'll cool. go to the depressive notes towards the <laughs> Okay. So if, if you don't want the depressive notes, don't stay tuned till the end. We'll, we'll circle around to it. All right. They're not even that depressive. They're okay. life, life, like eye-opening stuff. Okay. Well, I definitely want to talk about it towards the end then. All right. I think that's important. So you're at Viking Sports now. Correct. Can you tell us a, a little bit about what that is? Yeah, Viking Sports is the largest private recreation company in Massachusetts. We do games. We do sports camps, um, after-school clinics, weekend clinics, uh, events, birthday parties. We do an all-encompassing wide scope of services mm-hmm. for everyone in Massachusetts. Um, and we have uh, a headquarters, which you can see behind me. It's the Viking Activity Center, where we host so many birthday parties and do so much um, indoor activities and sports for kids. Nice. And then we do a lot of community events, like pop-up ninja warrior courses. So we work at the town of Brookline, and we do like there's this thing called First Light in Brookline, where yeah. they asked my company to um, to set up a pop-up ninja warrior course to to kick off the holiday season. And it's a cr- it's, it's it's great. And so we do a lot of events. That's awesome, man. Um... I, you're, you're kind of speaking to, to my background too. I went to Springfield college for my master's program. And in there, we, we did a lot of youth development leadership groups. And so we would have, um, Springfield, um, inner city youth come to the campus for two weeks. And the first week we would do a lot of team building activities and leadership building skills, and then take them to high ropes courses in in East campus, which was in the woods of, of Springfield. Um, and then, the second week they'd come, they'd actually stay over in the dorms and then we'd take those skills and then have them apply it to a presentation for the community. So I, I, I was just kind of geeking out when you were talking. I'm like, oh, yes, I love this. <laughs> this is fantastic. <laughs> so when you, when you first started at Viking, was that the, the mission or did, did that grow over time? So I, like lots of people who started any, any company, Leroy needed a job. I had this job being a headhunter, which is like my first and last job as a grown up. Mm-hmm. And I left that job and I was like, I need to do a job that I don't hate. And I just need money to pay for my bills. So one of my mentors, Glenn Jessic, who was one of my coaches at Northeastern, is like, yo, man, I, um, I have this t-shirt company. I know a guy, I make t-shirts for this company called Biking Sports. Mm-hmm. You should talk to the guy who owns it. Maybe you could be his soccer coach while you do this whole my bike thing. So I, I remember my first day, I met this guy, Mike Carpenter, who went biking. And my first day at Viking, it was like a blizzard snowstorm. And I'm coaching kids, like four-year-olds, how to play soccer. And that's how I started. Just part-time, couple hours, make a couple of bucks, but ultimately get um, tons of funding for my bike and become this multi-gazillionaire entrepreneur through that company. And then over time, I really liked working with the kids and working yeah. with the families and making them happy. And I wasn't that bad at the job. So people, so people were requesting my services through Viking. And when Mike sold the company to Dennis in 2007, I became the general manager with another guy named Zach. 
and I had more say in what we sort of did as a company. I didn't own it. So I still gave all the checks to Dennis. I still had to ask Dennis if I can do things. Right. And when I realized that Dennis wasn't, had no interest in really growing the company and wasn't really using any of the ideas I was having, that's when I asked him if I could buy it from him. When I bought it, like all of a sudden I felt like Neo and like, you know, the movie, the matrix. Yeah, yeah. So like all this, I saw the world completely differently. It's like, I could do so much good through Viking. We need to build an office. We need to do more stuff for the community. We got to do like free camps for people who can't afford it. We got to do all this stuff and get people active. And then the mission went up. Like my passion for it went up exponentially. And I was like all in Viking. That's, you know, that's fantastic. And I think it's really, and we were talking about it earlier before we were recording of just how much of a, a fan I am of your social media presence and the the videos you share of your family and, and the uh, creativeness that you have and keeping them busy and entertaining them, but also teaching them skills through active movement and, and things of that nature. And I think it's super important for this time uh, just for immunity, right? Keep moving, you know, eating right, resting right, having fun, enjoying. But then also I think when you look at the future of our kids who are growing up during this time, the hope is that we give them that space to look back and say, okay, yes, it was a pandemic and it was kind of crazy. Oh, my voice just, <laughs> I like I'm in high school again. And uh, have them look back and say, yeah, it was kind of crazy, but also, you know, my parents made it enjoyable. I look back at those times with fond memories of what, what we did and how we stayed active and entertained. I love everything you just said. Even the voice cracking part? It was perfect. Add okay. character to the whole thing. Nice. I love it. I won't edit it out. It'll be right there. Thank you. <laughs> um, so do, do you feel like that mentality of, of giving back to the community that focused on, you were an athlete in college, um, has that always been something that you've been passionate about or did that passion grow over time? It's something I've always been passionate about. I am Leroy. I share the same name as my dad and my grandfather. So my grandfather... Um, huge heart, grew up in New York City, and he would take kids who were in disadvantaged situations and um, organize these really great clinics for, for the kids and let them meet like Tiny Archibald and Wilt Chamberlain and all these That's really awesome. famous athletes because he had access, he had access to them. Uh, so he did that. And my dad, as a kid growing up with his father doing that, saw the benefit his dad had on the community. So my dad, he's an attorney. He works insane hours, but he would always take time out of his life to come and to help the kids in my town who just need a little bit of a father figure or just need a little bit of direction. So I remember so many of my Saturdays and Sundays, kids piling into, kids from my town of Montclair, New Jersey, piling into our station wagon and driving to New York City to play in basketball tournaments. My dad organized um, a lot of basketball leagues for a lot of the kids where I, where I grew up. And now I'm an old man, I'm almost 40. These, the, they were kids then, now they're fathers and grownups and they really appreciated what my dad was able to do for them when they were, when they were younger. And so yeah. now with me seeing both of those examples, um, I feel I have this great opportunity through Viking to give kids that same opportunity. So if we ever get an email that says, my kids can't afford to come to camp, like, yes, yes, they, they, they can, they can, fun is free. I can make it happen. Like even right. I have to pay out of my own pocket to cover all the costs associated with it, I'll do it myself. I try to volunteer my time to help. Um, kids who just need the attention, is need the active, don't have the means to come to Viking or they just don't have the access like a car to get to where I need, where, where all the fun's happening. So yeah. I try to do, try to dedicate a lot of my own personal time and resources to try to just 
help people That's who great, need man. And, and I think, you know, my work as a, a mental health counselor and clinician, I see it all the time. And there's a lot of studies that show if a young kid, even if they've gone through trauma or dysregulation of emotions or an abusive household or, you know, just feeling really isolated, if they can find at least one adult who believes in them, it opens up so many doorways for them to to go forward and be successful and, and escape that trauma response and be able to use it to motivate them to go forward. And I think, you know, we talk about it a lot in society, but it's it's a lot harder to see that come up or see who's doing it and how to do it. And I think what your model and, and just your passion that drives it puts it out there. And I think you know, there will probably, you'll probably be, you said you're almost 40. I am too. So we're in the same boat there, but um, you'll probably be in sixties and seventies and people are probably going to still come up to you and be like, Hey, you're, you're that guy that like really helped me out or helped, you know, my dad out or whatever it is. Um, and, 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 you know, I just want to thank you for, for doing that. Cause that's amazing. That's great. Yeah. I'm not doing it for the thanks. Yeah, you will get something from it when they needed it. I'm happy. Yeah, man. And it, you know, I think the the flip side of that too is it it kind of creates a passion in your life that you feel really excited about doing, even if the beginning of your day is not the best, or you start the day kind of grumpy. To go and have that conviction and, and have that connection with some of these kids, it can kind of drive you through through some of the storm. You know, hundred percent agree. That's great. All right, so I do have a couple questions for you. Um, yeah. So the, the the questions that I like, thank you for that introduction because I think it's gonna offset the rest of this uh, conversation and interview. But um, so I mentioned it again before we were recording that I I get this feeling from your posts and you know how you put things together for Viking sports, but also as a family man with your kids and your family and your wife that most people talk about balancing family life with, with work that, you know, you're working, how do you balance your family life with that career? Um, but I, I get the, the firm sense that your family life, being a dad, being a husband is who you are and you balance your work around that. So can you speak a little bit about that? If you agree with me? Yeah, um, I, I, I do agree. It's why I like, don't really think of it like that, but it's exactly how it, how it plays out for me. Um, Cause you figure there are, there are those situations with what I do for work, me being the owner of Viking Sports, see whatever title you want to give it, I have to do a lot of the front-facing stuff for it, which means I have to yeah. go and shake hands and kiss babies and meet with a lot of people. <laughs> um, and sometimes people, so whenever someone asks if they can schedule time to chat with me, my schedule is pretty much wide open because I'm with my kids. And I think it's important for my kids to be in, in these situations with dad so they can see what dad does for work and to see right. how I roll. So I'll let people know, I'm like, just so you know, like my kids are with me cause I am a dad. My kids are going to come with me. And mm -hmm. I'm like, if that's a problem, like, let me know. I'll schedule it for another time. And most of the time it's not a problem. Uh, so even when I go to coach, my kids sit there and they watch me coach. We had, we were um, working out a deal with the new England revolution MLS soccer team. And Excellent. there was, by, by chance, it didn't happen like this, but my babysitter completely bailed. And I, it was like a Wednesday at like 10 o'clock. I got someone to watch my son. Right. And so I called it ahead. I was like, hey, Cahal, I have to, um, I have my, my son with me. Is that okay? And he goes, I'm a family man too. I get it. Bring him down. We'll keep him entertained. It'll be fine. And so just 
being in those situations and bringing my kids to these things makes them better. It makes me a good dad where I'm not neglecting my kids because so many parents will like put the kids in a daycare and just like go about their own business in life, which right. they do sometimes. And, um, and then even the way we go about planning, I go about planning my day, like my day after like three o'clock when the kids are done with school when it's not coronavirus pandemic time, like we try to plan a bunch of family activities. Like it's just the family. My phone gets shut off. I don't really respond to anybody. And we are just playing soccer. We're doing whatever we need to do to be a family and get active and just to create our own memories to get together. And I feel very, very strongly that the family comes first. And I try to practice that. Right. How we work, how me and Jen, like me and my wife organize our life. That's great. Did I answer that question or was I just, was that too rambling? No, I think, I think it was perfect. And you know, if it was too rambling, who cares? It's okay. Good, good answer. Cool. I liked it. <laughs> um, so on that, on that subject, so you mentioned the pandemic and, and Corona, obviously this is a, a, a thing that we haven't really seen in, in our lifetime before and, and a change. Um, how do you feel like that transition from, you know, the kids being in school or, or having a place to go during the day and then coming home and having that activity, has it shifted any of the, the family dynamic at all for you guys? Or do you feel like it's just giving you more time to explore and play and, and, and kind of do these activities? I want to say it gave us, it has given us more time to do stuff. For whatever reason, there isn't like enough time in the day still. But this is like the way I always work from home. My wife always has the summers off. So this is just like a typical July, August. My wife is also a school psychologist yeah. uh, and a trained teacher. And I'm basically a gym teacher. So from the emotional standpoint, my wife knows how she has like the zones of regulation. She's like, yeah. you're in the red zone. This Let's get back to the green zone. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and I say, these kids just need to run. Let's go outside and let's do, let's go for a hike. Let's do something. Okay. So I think that my family has been, is uniquely positioned to not feel any adverse effects mm-hmm. from the, the coronavirus. But I do have friends who call me often and they're at their wits end because yeah. all of a sudden, instead of the kids being at school all day and they can get their work done at home. The kids are in their, like the kids like in their lap during zoom calls and they just right. can't get that time to focus. Uh, so we just, a lot of talks about just rethinking what a day looks like. Maybe you don't have your nine to five. Maybe you do it from like five in the morning to eight in the morning. Then you're in dad duty and then you right. might switch off or something like that. Um, but I would say, yeah, I would say for, for, for my, for my family, this has been like a really positive vacation for us. We're trying to create lots of meaningful memories that the kids yeah. will hopefully carry on forever. That's awesome. And and even if you, you know our listeners don't have that ability, I think what I gleaned from that was it's really important to prioritize what the need of the family and and you know emotionally, mental health, physically uh, of every family member. And so in my counseling sessions, I've been working with parents and and just talking to them about you know, that, that school piece is really tough right now because it's hard to get kids to focus. It's hard. They're just sending work. And, you know, if you're a full-time working parent, how, how do you manage that? And a lot of times what I say to them is you, you just have to prioritize what's really important for the kid and for you right now. And sometimes it's not school. Sometimes it is going outside and being able to do those things. Sometimes it is changing your schedule a little bit so that if you have that ability, right, um, that you can have those moments with them so that they can look back, like we were saying earlier, and, and look at some fond points through, throughout this whole thing. I, yeah, me and my wife were talking about that too. When we were kids, we used to explore and hike without the parents 
right. looking over our shoulders that we should just like do stuff so we, we feel now that the kids are living a small version of the lives that we lived as kids where they're getting dirty and going outside and doing all this cool stuff that they ordinarily can't do because school is so structured and regimented that now they're actually having time to explore like the world yeah and i think you know um i think i was just talking on my last podcast with someone about something similar in the sense that too much of society is focused on these achievement-based school initiatives, right? You know, you have to get a 95, oh, you have to take five AP courses in high school or whatever. And I think they miss these points of this is really educational for kids to explore, to, to get dirty, to have that tactile kind of feedback of, of doing some of these sports that you're talking about or some of these creative um, games and thinking on their toes and being creative to, to pass the time. And what I've seen too is that if we're distracted by things, whether it's technology, whether it's you know drama with friends, or whether it's you know just passing their time doing something that is distracting in nature and not being present, then when we're forced to not have that technology or that distraction, we're just left with not having a lot of tolerance to these thoughts and these emotions that come up when there's no no distraction. And I think what you what you're you know, putting out there is no, you, you can find ways to kind of be present and manage these things, but also be creative with, with that time as well. Yes. Nice. That's nothing to elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, we're, we're in sync enough that there's going to be this, this dull period in between we're talking. Cause we're like, yes, I agree with that. <laughs> <Point. laughs> um, so can you tell me about, you, you know, Viking sports is, is, it seems amazing. Do you have any plans for growth in the future? Like where, where are you looking to go with it? Um, that's a good question and confidential. Next question. Good point. Good point. Let's move on. We, so with, um, I have a business partner named Zach. So we constantly talk about, well, mainly me, cause I'm like this goal setter guy. I just need, I need goals. So I always look five years, five years is like my arbitrary future point. So five years, I'll be almost like 45. Like, where do I want Viking to be by that point? Like, what do I want? What kind of lifestyle do I want? Like, I don't mind working. I'm actually missing the fact that I can't work right now. And I was like, we have so many great employees that, um, I'm not going to call them employees. We have so many people that work with me at Viking Sports that they have their own passions and their own skill sets and their own strengths. But I really think that um, as Viking plays out in the future, a lot of the growth will come from the people who currently work for me. And they're going to want to expand Viking either geographically or program-wise. Like, it'd be, it'd be really great if we were able to do more stuff for, like, mental health and executive functioning stuff. Um, like, I have someone on staff who's full-time, who's, like, a master in psychology, who really wants to do more of the um, – to do more – it's called, like, inclusion programming for kids that have, like, some of the intellectual um, disabilities. Right. which would be great if we can serve as more people with society that would be a huge i'm winning parents winning, everyone's winning right. um so that um at first i wanted to expand all over the country but I, I think that there's enough here in massachusetts and new hampshire and new england to keep us really really busy if i have an ambitious coach who wants to do something out west or down south i'll support them um let them figure it out because i'm a big fan of them just figuring it out failing or succeeding but like having them do it Mm -hmm. But I really think that the growth for Viking is going to come from not me because I have all the ideas in the world, but me um, 
fostering the ideas of my my coaches. Nice. Good answer. So I, don't answer us getting, <laughs> I don't imagine us building like this big, huge Viking like stadium anywhere and being mm. riddled with debt and all that stuff. I think all the stuff we're going to do is going to be relatively nimble and we're going to expand to where the people need us to go to. Have you thought about expanding into water sports and creating your own Viking ships to travel around? Water, scare, water scares me <laughs> and my business partner. Like when you're walking on grass, like yeah, you could trip and that kind of stuff. We can like put, put a bandit on you. But if you can't like, can't get out of the water and drowns. It's just like yeah. it's like an unnecessary risk that we don't want to take. Even though they're pl- like everyone's certified in seafaring first aid, yeah. it's just like scary for us. Um, and then we're we're monitored by the board of health and all the different communities we operate. And that inspection process is not going. It, it, we're going to say no for water thing right now, but we're not taking it off the table. We could have visited uh, that later. Well, I mean, like, can you at least build a Viking ship so that? You'll be ready. To be more like a Viking? Yeah. That would be cool. That would be cool. Hopefully, after this whole pandemic dies down, we'll be able to get a ship on the cheap from one of those cruise airlines, those cruise um, companies. Yeah. That's, let me know. I'll stop by. If, if I'll stop by too. <laughs> Let's just, why don't you and I just get a Viking ship and we'll be good? No one fine, else has I'll to use back. it. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so I, so a couple of the questions I have just moving forward are, are standard questions that I ask guests. But one of the things I wanted to ask you specifically is, so you've gone through a lot of trial and error and finding out what works for you, what doesn't work for you. Um, and I think it's really important that you emphasize that, that you went through the school of, oh, I found out a lot of what I didn't want to do. And it drove your passion to find something that you did want to do. Even the concept of, my one and only desk job because I knew I didn't want to go back to that kind of lifestyle. Um, What do you think are some of the most important lessons you've learned through that process of that trying and failing and then keeping to push forward? Yeah. Uh, um, Sometimes where's some of the trials? That's a really good question. Um, So sometimes when you fail, failing doesn't have to mean that you like didn't do it. Failing could just mean, you probably had, you ever watched that show on Netflix called Nailed It? Like, yeah. you got to build a cake that looks like this really great one, but you yeah. try and it doesn't look anything like it. Like, you failed and that looked like the really good cake, but you succeeded in that you built a cake. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you talk about failure, you got to make, you got to like sort of define it. So I have, I, where, I, where I have failed, let's say with my bike, my first company. Um, why well, put advertisements in the frame of my bikes and the frames were like the, in the triangle frame of the bikes and they were incredibly ugly and people would ride them. They go over the mass Ave bridge and they would text me or email me saying I was riding my bike. And then like, I basically got blown off the bridge because it was like a big old sale. I was like, Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> and so I was like, I got to change the way I do my advertising. Right, so yeah. in that regard, I failed, but it helped me come up with a better solution. We put it over the bike, uh, the, the rear bike racks instead. Um, for Viking, we, where do we fail for Viking? I would say we wanted, to, there's a period when me and Zach bought Viking. And I was like really gung ho about doing family fitness classes. I'm like, that's where it's at, man. We got to do family fitness. So he spent all his money on advertising for family fitness. And then like, first day of the class we had two people like registered no one showed up they wanted their money back and the program itself was a complete failure 
But mm. we sort of morphed that into being a ninja warrior and giving it a more sexier title. And all of a sudden, those classes are all full. So right. yeah. where there's failure, sometimes success is right around the corner. We just got to just stick with it. Because you know the idea might be good. The execution the first time just wasn't what it should have been. Maybe, yeah, maybe the, the right answer is like going this other way. Yeah, I love that uh, that concept of the acronym of FAIL is first attempt in learning. Um, it sounds trite, but I think it's really important to hold on to, right? Like first attempt in learning means you don't just stop chasing what you're passionate. You you hit a hurdle and you find another way to negotiate around it. Correct. That's important. Yeah. And, it, and, and it's the difference, I think, between attach, over-attachment to something and being passionate about something. I think when, when people are over-attached, you see them just kind of fall apart because it didn't work out and just say, oh, it's over, hang up their suit, go back to, you know, that nine to five standard safe job. Um, and I feel like when people are passionate, they find a way to circumnavigate that, that block and, and keep going. So that's great. Nice. All right. Are you ready for my last two questions? Go uh, for it. I'm ready. All right. So I'm a huge geek. And so all about superheroes Good. in my office and in my family, all that fun stuff. Um, I made my own Captain America shield that's hanging over my desk. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so it's about superpowers. So get ready. For it. All right, go. <laughs> so, all right, yeah, first question is, um, if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? You know, at first I wanted the ability to go back in time. Mm-hmm. But, then I, but then me and my son talked about this and how maybe we don't want to change what we already did. We got to learn from that stuff. Right. So, and then it was flying, but I'm afraid of heights. So that's stupid. I was going to throw up on everybody and cry right. the whole time. Right. So then we, we really want to be really, really fast. We will want that. We want the ability for, for super speed. And the reason being is um, with what I do just in my general life, I'm always like driving around doing stuff. If I can be really, really fast, I can accomplish so much more in my day and be so much more productive, and I can fail with all my thing, all my projects I want to fail at quicker, so right. I get success sooner, if that makes any sense. No, it makes a lot of sense, and I think there's bonuses for being super fast, because you could be like the flash in the sense you can move your particles so fast you can face through walls or make yes. tornadoes or even just kind of take crazy long jumps, so it's almost like you're flying, but you, you know, you're good to go. So. It's true. Then if like a kid's playing in the front yard, I'm in the backyard, kid falls out of a tree, I'm already there. Yeah. Super dad. I like that. Super, super. Um, my second question for you would be, what do you think your, your actual superpower is in the sense of like the thing you do super, super well, um, quality-wise um, about yourself? Um, I would say beca- solely because of my experience of knocking on doors for two years, I have become very good at talking with every kind of person that exists on this earth. Old, every kind of person. So I think I could comfortably walk into any room and talk to every, anyone and have something to talk about. Because nice. I've already spoken to them before in some capacity. Right. I that like would be that. It. Yeah. And the ability to, to kind of get them to come out of their shell too and, and participate in that. So that's fantastic. That. All right, man. Like, do you have any last words of wisdom for our listeners? Any gems of knowledge you want to drop on them? Um, don't be pessimistic. Um, we're just like the, like the, the thing that 
with with the people so for viking right now as we're recording this i probably have like upwards of 80 people that work for me mm -hmm. and i try to do meetings with them just to mainly meetings to talk about the company yes but also about their mindset and what i like to what i like to try to get across to them is when you ha when you're working at viking sports if it ever 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 feels like a job let me know immediately and let's work to change that because people when they work for when they apply for a job with me they didn't i'm not a big enough company for it to be their dream job they didn't right. want to work at viking sports i'm not disney or apple but they have their own passion so some people like to do podcasting photography drawing whatever it is what i like to do is i like to take the each new person that comes into the viking fold and do something and put them in a position that's within their their strength so if, so if you really really like playing video games I think that we should really, really use that to a, to, for a strength of Viking, or you should start an eSports for Viking sports, and you should teach kids and have them develop something that they also like. So mm -hmm. I really firmly, I feel very strongly that you should try to find your, your, your personal passion within your work, if possible, because the work will not feel like work, and you'll actually enjoy going to that place. If that makes any sense. No, that makes a ton. And actually, I was going to just say goodbye to you, but I forgot. We have to circle back to my bike. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so if anyone wants to tune out, you can do it now. But uh, I want to just circle back on, you said it was a really eye-opening experience for you. So I just want to it circle was. back. So like anyone who starts their own business, there's a lot of emotion that goes into it. You start it, it's right. a part of you, negative Yelp review, they might as well have kicked you right in the teeth yourself directly. So as people only knew me as the, as the, as the, the owner, the creator, CEO of my bike, so when my landlord decided to like double my rent in whatever year, 2015, whatever year that was, um, I had to make a decision if I was going to stay in business or pay money that he couldn't pay. So for, it was about a year's amount of time that I do some soul searching because mm. closing a business that you start isn't like locking up McDonald's and then going home for the day. It's like closing off a whole part of your, of who you are and mm. Um, so it took, it took like 12 months for me to go through the different phases and steps of like closing my bike where at first I was in denial. And then like, I was like, I have to do it. I was really sad. I was like, I'm going to really, I'm going to open this up, make it bigger. And then finally, when I came down to like actually closing the doors for my bike in 2016, by that point I was completely at peace with it. And I got enough support from my friends that this is the right thing to do. My business partner for Viking goes, now you could put all of your brain power into one company now instead of splitting it. And right. I was like, you are absolutely right. And so because my bike was able to, my bike closed, Viking from the, from the time, I think October of 2016 until now has just grown exponentially. It's been ridiculous because it's like cheating because now instead of me splitting my time between two companies, 100% right. focus on one thing. It's wonderful. That's so it wasn't awesome. that bad of a story, right? That was no, good. no, that that's a really educational story, and I really like that your partners was it Zach that said that your partner. Yes, um, I really like that he said, you know, hey, look, here's a positive aspect of this that that's actually going to move us forward. And, and once you're able to kind of pull the wool back and kind of see that, you're like, oh, okay, let's go, let's game on. So that's awesome. I agree. So not as de depressing as as you made it <laughs> by any means, but def definitely eye-opening and, and a great experience to have gone through. Well, thank you so much, man. I, it was an honor and a pleasure to have you on the podcast. I really enjoyed uh, getting to talk to you and pick your brain a little bit about things and to hear more about your passions and your family and, and what you guys are doing over there at Viking Sports. I love it. Uh, it's fantastic. And we need more of that. So.
We need more of you. I appreciate being on your podcast. This is great. I don't think my wife would agree we need more of me, but. (laughs) Neither would my wife. (laughs) All right, man. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be on the podcast, please outreach to us at info at thepromethianproject.org. If you want to learn more about the Promethean Project or if you would like to donate to our cause, you can reach us at thepromethianproject.org. If you really do enjoy this podcast, please share with your friends. Please like our posts on social media, on Instagram and on Facebook. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or any podcast app that you like to listen to. Again, thank you for taking a listen. And remember that the most important step is always the next one.